We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Nostradamus, get the hell out of the way, because it's time for the Arsenal Vision guys to predict the future. This is the Arsenal Vision post-match podcast. My name is Elliot Smith. You can block me on Twitter at Yankee Gunner. Look, there are podcast episodes that I think are anticipated. Maybe the season predictions, you know, where we talk about who's going to be the best player and who's going to score the most goals and all that stuff, because it's fun, because you can laugh at how wrong we were at the end of the season. Maybe season wrap-up episodes, deadline day episodes, nothing stands out. Nothing jumps out quite like the fabled and beloved Predictatron episode, where we, uh, I would say experts at predictive analytics, um, predict the future. We literally say what the results of all the games will be. Now look, some people would say, this ruins it for you because then you don't have to watch the games because you already know the outcome. But at least you'll, you know, we're not going to tell you exactly how it happened. No spoilers, let's put it that way. We're going to tell you what will happen, but we're not going to spoil how it will happen. Um... Big, big, big stuff coming up Monday, so I hope you will definitely join us for that. It'll be out before the Palace game, and then there'll be an instant reaction or full pod on Tuesday following that. But so that is that. Now, Tim has moved home, and I am so thrilled and happy for him, uh, but moving, as you know, is is quite a bit, and he's also in Germany for the women's uh, return leg with Wolfsburg in the Champions League, so that rules Tim out. Clive had an emergency that rules him out, but we've got their predictions noted, so they are going to be in the show, and you don't want to miss what they predicted. Uh, you'd be shocked to hear how both of them have us getting relegated. Uh, those two, plastic. Here with me now is Scott. You can find him on Twitter. Oh, underscore that. Underscore. Hello, Scott. Yeah. Uh, there it is, lustily. And Paul, you can find him on Twitter at Pause My Pants. Hold pause. Woohoo! Woohoo, indeed. So here's what I want to do a little bit differently. We did our predictions in advance, and uh, I, I do have to thank Gary Smith, uh, a patron and just a lovely gentleman who has been on podcasts with me before to do this sort of stuff, put together a whole presentation on the Predictatron Champions League edition showing uh, what we predicted, us silly podcasters, but also what the patrons predicted. I think uh, close to 1,000 patrons have uh, weighed in with, with what they think, which is a, a woeful response, let's be honest. So patrons, you have until uh, Saturday to get your final thoughts in because we are running a bit of a competition there for uh, uh, I, for who, who does the best. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's pronounced Smith. Is he English? Yeah. Okay. So, oh, yeah, sorry, G- sorry. Gary Smith. Gary Smith. 
Smith. I, I oh, Smith. Double F. Smith. Smith. Uh, my, my bad. Smith. Gary Smith. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you have to forgive me given that I have the, the Americanized version of Smith, yeah. <laughs> which is pronounced Smith. Um, okay, cool. Glad we did that. That was a nice diversion, and I hope we have many more like it. What we're going to do this time is I will tell you the results that uh, each of these fools picked and then the correct result that I picked. And we will have a quick, like literally a quick chat about it, go through where that leaves us and then chat about that. Um, and then maybe even get to some Arsenal stuff because I have to level with you. Just saying win, draw, and loss, as much as it is blockbuster stuff, I think we can do better than this. We, per- we picked scores for the Arsenal game though. And so we will start, here we go, we're diving right in. We will start with the Palace game on Monday, a a really a, a revenge game of sorts. I thought it wasn't a brilliant performance at home. <clears throat> it was the one I did attend. I haven't mentioned that before. And uh, we did get the late equalizer from Lacazette. The last goal he has scored and never will score. I'm kidding. Okay, so Clive predicted a 1-0 to the Arsenal. Tim predicted a 2-1 to the Arsenal. Scott, you had it 2-0 to the Arsenal. Paul, 2-0 to the Arsenal. And I had a nervy 2-1 to the Arsenal. All of us have Arsenal taking three points in this crunch fixture. Scott, I'll start with you. Um, any quick takeaways from your your thoughts on the Palace game? Um, well, one, I'm coming back and looking at what I actually predicted, and it's like, wow, that's incredibly rosy. And I was must have been feeling really good because I was kind of reevaluating <laughs> everything this morning, and I was not quite as rosy. But I'm, I'm still hopeful that everything will, will turn out this way. Um, I think the injury news for Crystal Palace is actually they're kind of going to have some some players ruled out. Um, so I think that should go in Arsenal's Maybe Zaha favor. and Olise, is that right? Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking too. So I think that will be helpful because I think both of those guys um, concern me. Um, I'm also really impressed with um, Edward, or I don't know if it's got a special pronunciation, but I'm going to go with that one. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I think that they that Vieira has done a really good job of turning Palace into um, a team that was really, really bad and like really just like escaped relegation the last couple of years um, to a team that is solidly mid table. Um, I think have been kind of in that really in the eighth to 12th range. So I think this is going to be a tricky, tough fixture, uh, but I'm, I, th- I think that, that Arsenal have more to play with right or play for right now. And I think that's going to be kind of the edge. That's an interesting point that I didn't consider, but um Paul, you also have it 2-0 to the Arsenal. So, nice, easy win. No, no challenges here? <clears throat> what, what was I thinking? Yeah. This is too, too, I, it's it, it's going to be a lot more like this, I assure you. Now, yeah, <clears throat> um, yeah go ahead. The, uh, yeah. It's a it's the Monday. It's a game on Monday. Um, they won't ruin our weekend. Yeah, yeah. What was I thinking? Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll zero. get Monday Night Football, so we'll get to hear more from Gary Neville on why uh, Mikel Arteta should leave Arsenal at the end of the season, because if he gets top four, he will have achieved all he can at the club. He will indeed. Yeah, yeah no, I think 2-0. We've got to keep them quiet. Um, they had a couple of jammy goals against us the last time. Um, they're good, though. Um, it does seem slightly rosy, but I'm going with 2 z- I'll stick with my 2-0. Don't change it, Elliot. Um <laughs> But Too late. two jammy <laughs> goals anyway. against us last time. We're secure. We're strong. Our defense is good. Yeah, okay. I'm sticking with it. Yeah, okay. So I'm not going to have us discuss uh, each of these individually like this right away. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you whether we predicted the win, draw, or loss. On our website, we'll post this spreadsheet, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to see it. But I wanted to hit the Palace game like that just since it's coming up after the weekend. So home to Brighton. Clive, win. Tim, win. Elliot win, Paul win, Scott win. Mm-hmm. So that's two on the two on the bounce. Doing great. Away to Southampton. 
Elliot Wynn, Clive Wynn, Paul Wynn, Tim Wynn, Scott Draw. No, I, no, I think it says Tim lost here, three nothing. That surely that can't be right though. I I think the color coding is is wrong there. Is that is that possible? Mm. Maybe it isn't. Yeah, I think that could have been a mistake there. You're right. He, may have, he does have it on three. He does have it three nothing here. Not, yeah, not zero three. Tim, I mean to to be fair, I mean, you know, are are we going to lose any games? I don't I don't think so. Um, so everybody feeling pretty good except for you, Scott. You have that as a draw. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I feel like we're going to draw one of these three because I think there's there's some tricky ones that are kind of coming up. Um, I, I think these away matches to the midfield or the mid you know the mid table um, are just they're just going to be tough. Um, there's not an easy schedule anymore there's not an easy match in the premier league um, it's a, a good lot of- question among the three of us if we're going to draw one of these three games we've all said we're going to win which which one would we pick i'd probably pick the palace one as the most likely one to draw personally but uh elliot if you had to pick one of these three we're going to draw yeah it's a good question i i think if we're dropping points yeah. um I, Which is the trickiest. I, yeah, I, probably Palace. <clears throat> yeah. I think Palace present the challenge, but given who they might have missing, I, I think that tips it in our favor. Southampton are, are hard to predict because they can look dreadful when they get behind. But, you know, they they have a good coach, a good system, and and they, they have taken some scalps. I don't know. I, I They were the breakout game for us. I know it was yeah. at home. But yeah. that, that was, for me, the big click. Um, and I, I'm still hoping we have their number. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's, it's one of those things. I think their press could potentially create mistakes. And, you know, that's something that we've been playing a little bit more uh, adventurous um, with our style. So, you know, perhaps we could get punished with a mistake or something like that. Um, I did have it nil-nil. So I, I was kind of thinking, you know, our defense would kind of hold and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I just think it, there's, there's, there's a potential landmine in, in these three matches, right? I, I don't think that it's going to be easy to get three wins out of three from these. It's possible, yeah. but it's not going to be easy. Yep. Uh, it makes sense to That's me. That's always so, the problem with these predictatrons, right? Individually, you say, we'll win them all, nearly. But actually, you know there's going to be some draws in there. There's going to be the game. It didn't quite pan out. Yes. Uh, and I, I do want to mention, by the way, since I know you are following along, Scott, and you're following along uh, to what I'm reading, um, Paul, I, I sent you something that has errors in it. So I'm just going to reference that the one I just sent you now is the correct one. So please uh, sing from that hymn sheet so that you don't get uh, messed up. So uh, we continue, though. The, the the next game is Arsenal away to Chelsea, and that obviously is the one where you, you look at, I mean, if we have any hopes of third, obviously, that, that would be the one that you'd focus on. Uh, Clive has us winning that. That means four straight for Arsenal. Um Paul and Scott have us drawing. Tim and I have us losing. And Paul, I'll start with you. I mean, I don't know what to make of Chelsea, but they seem to have righted the ship from maybe a little bit of a wobble. I just feel like they are a team that has enough dangerous players in decent form. They seem to have have stabilized a bit. And they're, they're, you know, it's not that I think they're much, much better than us. I think it could go either way, and I just have us losing it. But... As we're going to find out, I don't think Chelsea can be caught. I think these would be free points if we get them, frankly. Yeah. No, I I think they might be a little surprised how much better we are than the last time we played them. Um, I mean, they'll have seen the results coming in. They'll have seen the table. Uh, you know, we're basically 
uh, tracking them in terms of points performance uh, or since the big click. Um, but it ain't the same when you meet a team in the flesh. So, so okay, it's going to be away from home for us. Their, their crowd will be angry with the chip on its shoulder because life has been unfair to Chelsea recently and they're misunderstood. So they'll be fired up. But I think will be a good match for them. I think it's, I have it down for a draw, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. I think that's about um, right. I, I think it's going to be a good game. I think we're going to show we're up to it, but it's going to be really tough to get a win under those circumstances. Scott, you have it nil-nil. Um, I do. And, and I think if we, if we go back and you know correct uh, the thing, I did say that we actually have a loss now at Sam, out Southampton. So people come back and look at that. So I, I don't think that, you know, that's again, going. I think it's a tricky match. I think they could make, make us make a mistake. Um, the reason I put draw here though, I think is that I'm not sure that Chelsea really have a, a ton to play for in the league. So I'm, I'm kind of putting my chips on. They're going to be focused on the champions league. Um, maybe the, all the, the r- rumors swirling around with the new ownership kind of stuff. will maybe sap some of the focus and, you know, that will kind of even things up because it's, you know, I don't think that the gap between Arsenal and Chelsea is as big as it was at the start of the season. Um, but I think there's still probably some of a, a lean towards where Chelsea are at. Um, but I think that, yeah, I think that we can hold them is my, my idea here. We can hold them. Okay, so uh, once we get through that, we then have Manchester United at home. And this this game, like, for, forget the table, forget the stakes. Can we please beat Manchester United? Like this is this is a game that I look back on as a real regret when we went to Old Trafford and they were bad and we let them get away with it and they never should have. Now, I have us winning this game as does Scott. I I don't think you think of us as the Pollyannas in the pod, but we are we have us winning. Scott has this 3-0 to the Arsenal for the record. Um the Pollyanna that he is. Paul Clive and Tim all have it as a draw. Um Paul, I'll start with you. I don't think United can catch us, so I don't see this as the proverbial six-pointer, but I think when we get to Spurs, you'll realize we're going to probably have to get a few tough points along the way. Um, I just, I feel like the revenge factor here, we really, really need to make up for what happened to Old Trafford. We do, but but big games, big occasions, it'll be, it will be a big deal for both sides. Um, they haven't like they're generating a lot of chances. They're just not putting most of them away. Um, they're a bad team. Um, I think anything can happen in this game. We have a really good chance of beating them for sure. I just think, uh, especially in terms of where the draws might fall, I think I just kind of feel this might not be the the game you come away with the win you demand, Elliot just because we're much, much better than them. We are much, much better than them. Um, it doesn't always translate. And this feels like a game that's going to come out a draw. Um, but we could bash them, and we could fuck you up. You just have to survive the the penalty they get. That's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. You just got to survive that. Scott, you have a 3 no win. Uh, I mean, I have to admit, <laughs> I found that surprising when I saw it in writing. You want to explain? <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I think this is something that kind of goes to their style, and I think where they're going to be in the table. So I think they are going to have to come out and be the aggressors. Um, And I think that's going to leave potential gaps for Arsenal to be able to exploit. Um, And I just think about if we get some of our forwards in space to be able to go against like Harry Maguire, I I just see good things happening. Um, It's another one where I think that 
this might be their last gasp at trying to get into the Champions League through the league. So it's like they're going to have all of their you know stuff riding on here. The pressure is going to get to them. Um, and I think that just kind of all goes in Arsenal's favor where I think that yeah, uh, there's a potential I for Arsenal to really get yeah, things up. If we target Harry Maguire nice and early and he does badly and the United away fans start booing him, I think 3-0 is eminently possible. So yeah, look, the, the the interesting thing, right, is in my mind, what scares me about this game is like, we push them back, we're dominating the game, but, you know, they, they, they're they able to hurt us on the counter. But I, it didn't occur to me, because I'm not as clever and don't think second order the way uh, Scott clearly does, that, yeah, they're, they're the team that may need to be the aggressor. They could find themselves in a situation where they cannot afford anything but three points in this game. So. That definitely makes it interesting. As I mentioned, Clive and Tim have this a draw. I have it a win. I had it two one though. Not and the, it's uh, also right. Here. This is a tough one because this is uh, after the midweek and then another early Saturday. So it's going to be tough for Arsenal. But yeah, I, I... well, let me ask Paul at least. I I know you don't necessarily agree with Scott's prediction, but would you take three <laughs> nil? Yeah, for us, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. You just, never just know with Scott. No, I'm going know, against my my oh no, that Judas right. I'm going yeah. against it. Oh, the funny thing, that underscore Judas. That's the guy. That's the guy. Uh, Arsenal away to West Ham. This this could go any number of directions. I have us drawing it one one. Clive and Tim have us winning it two one. Paul and Scott both have draws. Scott two two. Paul one one. Paul. Um, I don't really know what to make of West Ham. I, I don't think they're as tough an op, uh, an opponent as they were earlier in the season. Um, you know they they look that pretty, Europa League thing, aren't yeah. They? Yeah, well, I mean, that was the thing. They had a big emotional win in the Europa League after 120 minutes and then looked pretty poor to Spurs, but you can sort of understand why that might be. But their Europa League campaign may still be going on when we face them. I'm, I'm not entirely sure of that. But, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. What, what do you make of them as, as an opponent? Because Declan Rice is obviously really good. They've got Antonio up front, but they they haven't been as consistent in the Premier League in the second half of the season. They've been inconsistent, but they've also been at, in that inconsistency really good at times. Yeah. Uh, the last, I can't remember who they played last. They were really good, though. Um, they can still put it together. Uh, Mikhail Antonio uh, doesn't seem to be able to find the net too much, but somehow they still seem to be banging in a few goals. Look, I think emotionally they're going to be invested in the Europa League. They already know they're not going to make top four now. Um, that's in the water. So, like, the whole thing for them is to qualify as a top six club for next year to be in the Europa League, but they're already in the Europa League in the later stages. So I think it's going to be all about this year's Europa League campaign is more important than for these players and this manager to make a point. They're going to want to win that thing. This is their best chance at glory for West Ham. David Moyes is not here to be a perennial scraping into the top six, no matter how impressive that is. He wants to prove a point. So um, I think this is a strong opportunity for a draw or better. But when I look, when I distribute my draws across my games, I think this will be a really tough game for us and they'll be up for it. But yeah, it's a draw or a win for us. I went with the draw. Martinelli and Smith throw goals in a 2-0 win at home against them. Kufal sent off. It was a battering, to be fair. Um, you know, I, I don't expect yeah. the same necessarily, but that was December 15th, right around, you know, the the dawn of our 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 new age that we're living through right now, which has us all quite content. Um, let's move on. Let's go to away 
uh, home to Leeds, where mm. Clive has a draw. It'll surprise you here. 3-3, three, three, a blockbuster draw. I think a lot of us have over-indexed the Bielsa experience. Uh, I think Jesse Marsh's Leeds is a little different, but Scott has his winning 5-2, a famous score in Arsenal lore. 2-0 uh, to Paul. Uh, Paul has 2-0, not to Paul, but to Arsenal. 3-1, Tim. 3-0, Elliot. Um, Scott, let me start with you. I mean, this is a different Leeds team. I think a, a more resilient Leeds team. Uh, Bielsa, obviously a legend, but I think we saw the direction things were going there. I think Marsh has done reasonably well to get them back into some semblance of shape. What do you think of uh, how they're playing now and how that impacts your blockbuster 5-2 uh, result that you have here? Yeah, I think there was a little bit of, uh, you know, reading the tea leaves of Bielsa a little bit and kind of hoped that he wouldn't resign and that we'd be able to get a scoreline like this. So this may not be what's actually happens. Um, you know, hard, hard to believe that I'm not the, the perfect predictor. Um, but I do think that there's probably goals in this one. Um, I think there's still some holes in the, you know, the Leeds defense and, you know, but they might have Calvin Phillips back and that really makes a big difference for them to be able to actually screen things. Um, he's the one that kind of makes things tick for them. And I think that you have just seen general improvement under Marsh. Um, I think that they've outperformed, you know, the other team in three of the four matches so far this year. So um, they've, they've started to turn around looking a little bit better. Um, I think they were very good against um, Leicester and it was a, an, un, you know, kind of an unlucky loss there. Or yeah, I think that's the right way to say it. Still a little bit early here in the morning for me. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be tough. Um, but I, I man, I, I still think that they're going to be fighting for their lives, and they might be going out there, and there might be chances for Arsenal to you know take advantage of space. And I think that's kind of where my mind went, where I thought five two. Hard to know what to make of them because like I watched the first half against Wolves, and they looked like they didn't belong in the Premier League, and then they go on to win that game three two against ten men Wolves in in really emotional fashion. I guess. You know, they're home to Southampton, they're away to Watford, they're home to Chelsea, they're away to Palace, they're home to City. Like, when they face us, I still think they're going to be in dire relegation straits. So, unfortunately, I don't think we will get a Leeds that has, has pulled away and doesn't have much to play for. With just three games left after that, I think maybe even two for them, it could all be riding on it, which makes it a little nervier. Uh, a team that I don't think will have much riding on it by that point necessarily. Actually, you know, I should probably check their fixtures as well. But um, is Newcastle. Newcastle, another team that was a joke, not a joke anymore, looks a little bit tasty. They got some players that are a little bit scary. And Scott has us losing away to Newcastle 2-1. to one. Clive has us drawing 1-1. One, one. I have us drawing 1-1. One, one. Paul and Tim have us winning 1-0. Paul, I'll start with you. That That is no easy game, I, I no. would suggest. And... You know, I know you look at Newcastle right now, and they are, let's see, uh, they have played 29 games, Watford have played 29 games, and they are a full, I mean, nine points clear of the drop. I mean, it is starting to look like the candidates to go down are down. I, and Leeds have tough, tough fixtures ahead. Everton have tough, tough fixtures ahead, so they could still get pulled into it. Uh, uh, it, it is a three-team race, right? It's between Burnley, Everton, and uh, Leeds, I think, for that last relegation spot. Yeah, I mean, Newcastle still have to play Liverpool, City, and Arsenal all in a row. But we are the second-to-last game of the season for them. Presumably, just based on the distance they have to the bottom teams now, they will be safe by then. I think that makes a difference. Maybe a bit of a festive atmosphere of Newcastle fans dreaming of the Saudi money that will be spent in the summer rather than dreaming of a win over Arsenal. Who knows? But, like... I, I still am a little nervous about that game because freed of the pressure of the drop, they do have some fun players up front who can cause you a lot of trouble. And I, you know, I, I think St. Maximum 
you know, for example, not an easy player to live with. Uh, what do you, what are your thoughts on this game? I think it, I, I can't decide if a Newcastle that's nervy about the drop would have been helpful, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. Look, I don't think we should live with Alain Saint-Maxima. We've only really just met him. You, you got to let things play out naturally. It's, it's just too much pressure in an early stage in a relationship. But I do think defensively, uh, Newcastle are very secure uh, generally. That's one thing they've they kind of had it before, but but they weren't good at being uh, defensive. But they had plenty of training around it, and they've really had it tightened up recently. So they're not going to be easy to score a lot of goals against. But I think we're just significantly better at the football. And as you said, uh, they'll have found their niche for the rest of the year. They'll be they'll be hovering uh, safely in lower mid table. I think one zero away is a good look for us against Newcastle. Um, I think I think we're just going to play them and we'll get our goal maybe too. Yeah, that that would be good. I would take that. I would take a win. Scott, would you take a win there? I, of course, I take a win. But yeah, I'm, cool. I'm going to go with a little post hoc reasoning here on explaining my loss. Um, so it now looks like the the Tottenham match is going to be probably scheduled in between Leeds and Newcastle. Um, I think that's what I what I'm reading here in the the tea leaves. May sixth. Um, yeah, May 6th. So I mm-hmm. think that this might be a bit of a depends on, you know, how we do against Tottenham, but I have a, a draw. I'm going to, you know, spoiler alert. Um, so I think this might be a, a thing that Arsenal have basically kind of wrapped up top four at this point. Um, and this might be a bit of a, you know, a, a come down where it's like, all right, we, we, we were out celebrating. We, we kind of achieved the goals. And, you know, this is kind of the, the game after that. And, you know, the pressure is kind of off and Arsenal kind of yeah. take it a little easy. Look, if it's done before we even have to play Newcastle and Everton, done with two games to play, I will be um, I will be satisfied with that, to say the least. That would be fantastic. Be I, I mean, bet it goes to the last day, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I mean, the, Spurs against Spurs. it definitely has trap game written all over it, right? I mean, you got Leeds, Spurs, Newcastle is how it will probably shake out. And one of those games, you know, home to Leeds or away to Newcastle, if the focus drops, it, it wouldn't necessarily be surprising. But if it's already done and dusted when we go to Newcastle, that would be lovely. Um, let's do the Everton game first, then we'll finish with Spurs. For home to Everton, um, now I want to be clear about something. I will be at the home to Everton game. The Everton game is another one that we owe them one. That was a dreadful loss to a bad Everton team. I I think they will be, you know, probably just about up on the last day. I don't know if they'll have anything to play for. If we have something to play for, I I think this could go the way of the the famed was it West Brom? Was it what was the one where uh did was it who saved off the line and Arsene Wenger put his head in Pat Rice's lap? <laughs> Do you, it was on the last yeah. day. Was it Gibbs? Gibbs saved off the line, maybe. Was that the eleven twelve or something like that? It was. It was. It was West Brom away. I think yeah, yeah. I'm remembering it was that Gibbs right. Gibbs against yeah. West Brom. I think. Yeah. Yep. 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 On the eleven twelve like, season. I could see that actually being really nervy. A young team trying to protect their chance to get in the Champions League against an Everton with nothing to play for. That's just kind of having having a fun time and. I could see that being nervier than it needs to be if we need those points. Clive has us losing 2-0 at home. Clive's um, weird. He has us drawing 3-3 with Leeds. That's another I one can only assume he's, he's doing that because I, I'm going to be at the game and Clive's going to be at the game um, and, and Tim's going to be at the game. But Tim has us 3-0. I have us 2-0. Paul has us 2-0. And Scott, who is the Pollyanna of the group, has it 4-1 to the Arsenal. Um, Scott, I'm curious to get your take. Like, If we need this game, 
and Everton don't. Do you see more of a, we batter them, easy day in the sun, or do you think young team, lots of pressure, and it it gets real, real nervy? I mean, I don't know. I could see, we've, we've seen lots of these kinds of last day where everybody just kind of takes it easy, defense kind of optional. Um, I do think that Everton is just going to scrape by. Um, I think they will be out of danger on the last day, so they'll be kind of relieved and, you know, they won't really have anything to play for. Um, and I think that, you know, is the potential to, you know, you kind of look back at some of the other time, the, the batterings we've had on the last day, it's out in the sunshine. Um, you know, I kind of think back at the, the 4-0 against Aston villa um that was the one that i kind of point to and think yeah everybody's just gonna go out there have a bit of fun and uh, it'll be good so i think that's kind of where my mind is here on that yeah i mean i i the other thing i would take is i would take us losing to everton and then getting a repeat of that famed final day where tottenham went to i believe a relegated newcastle and lost 5-1 do you remember that yeah, yeah, was that the... 2016, and I, yeah. I think it mattered. I can't remember. Yeah, Newcastle were down, and they beat Tottenham 5-1. I would take Tottenham going to a, a relegated Norwich and losing to lose top four. And if wasn't I, it, it, was a, it was a 10-man Newcastle too, wasn't it? Yeah, 10-man Newcastle, yes, that's correct. It, it they won 5 mattered. That was that yep. was the day we swapped places with them dramatically. Yep. It was great. I mean, you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't script any better than that. But, but yeah, I, I mean... To be fair, all kidding aside, I'd take 10-0 to the Arsenal to finish the season, as you know. Um, last game, away to Spurs. And this is where the, the homerism shows through. No one has us losing away to Spurs. Um, Tim has us winning 2-1. The rest of us all have it as a 1-1 draw. Scott, I'll start with you. The, so look, you know my thoughts on football. Go batter the opposition. Go take the reins of the game. Go sit in their final third, batter them, test their defense, create shots, get chances. Uh, create chances, get shots would be a better way to say that. And and win the game on the front foot. I don't think you do that against Spurs. I think it's the one team I'd be fine with us parking the freaking bus because that team will kick it long to Kane. He'll head it down to Sun. He'll feed it to Kane and they'll score or, or Kane, Sun will score. That's just how they do it. And the number of teams that let them do that does my head in because that team, when they have to defend in transition, is hopeless. That team, when they have to break down a, a compact defense, again, pretty hopeless. So especially if we don't need to win it, if a draw is sufficient, and we may know roughly, I actually think the later they schedule the fixture, the more helpful it is to Arsenal if it gives us you know more information <clears throat> about what we need. But Scott, do we go to Spurs and say, break us down and try to live with us on the counter? I, it's the one game where I think I would I would back that approach. No, I, I, I totally agree with that too, because then I think it also goes into the different priorities of the teams, right? Because I think that Tottenham are still going to be chasing Arsenal at that point. Um, so, yeah, they're going to be in the situation where the pressure is on them to go and beat us, right? So it's like they are going to have to do that. They're going to have to be the aggressors. They are not going to be able to play their classic, you know, do their their five-man defense and, you know, then try to spring and over, you know, do the the overlapping fullback kind of things to, you know, feeding crosses to, to Kane to try to score um, on the counter kind of thing. So I don't think that that is going to be how things set up. Um, I'm hopeful it's one of those we can sneak a, an early goal um, and then that really kind of calms the nerves for us and then puts the extra pressure on them. Um, I mean, it's still not going to be an easy match because I think, you know, they're a, a 
decent team. I mean, they have, I mean, you know, I've gotten big trouble for this, you know, putting together the, the combined 11. Um, but I think they do have some, some good players on there, even though I like Arsenal as a overall better, um, you know, any team that has a Sun and Kane in it is going to be scary to kind of play. But I think that if we do what you say, you know, sit back a little bit, that feeds right into our strengths. Cause I think, you know, maybe this is a, the Rob holding game where we, you bring him on at, you know, 60 minutes and really just, defend all the crosses that they're going to throw into the box. And it's, you know, hopefully not going to be too bad. You start to add up the points. Well, Paul, uh, sorry, let's get your thoughts on that. Away to Spurs, would you park the bus or would you say play your game? Don't, don't let them dictate your football. I wouldn't park the bus. I'd keep it like, you got to play your football, but I'd keep it tight. I'd keep guy, you know, keep that extra guy a little back, keep your fullback tucked in, not bombing past. Uh, Having Tomiyasu back makes a big difference, right? Because you got to win second balls and first balls against Spurs. Like that's their only way out. And if yeah. Cedric is going up against Sun, for example, you know, trying to battle with him, like that, that gets a little worrying. Yeah, I just think you keep a very tight uh, midfield and defense. Keep those guys close together around the Kane Son axis. Kane in particular, so you, you you just don't get overextended forward. So I don't think you play a different system formation or anything you just the more conservative version of the two midfield pivots you know don't don't have chaka cheating up too much because that's that's exactly where kane's going to want to hover for that out ball from them and scott's exactly right if we get this is the difficulty for arteta he he can't sit back so to speak too much because First goal really does change that fixture for us away from home at Tottenham with the way they like to play. Uh, so you you want to put yourself in the best situation to get that first goal, but not overextend. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it, that is look. That's going to be a really stressful game, obviously. And I I just I look at Spurs that has as a team that has one way to hurt you, but to be fair, they're really really good at doing it, and. If you don't let them do that, I think you start to see all the flaws in their team, you know? Um, so how about we, let's wrap up this segment by saying where that has us just in terms of points. So Scott, I believe you have us getting 18 points, right? Um, sure, sounds right. Yep, five wins, three draws, two losses, 18 points, and... That is the fewest points of anyone. So you've lived up to your Judas name, even though you had a couple of weird ones in there. But even, I mean, we're on 54 points right now. So even adding 18, that's 72 points. It's pretty good. I don't need to tell you what we're going to predict to know that that would put us in pretty good shape. And it only gets better from there. Clive has us on 19. He's always been the negative Nelly. That gets us to 73. I have us on 21 points, so never call me negative again. That gets us to 75. Tim, uh, pardon me, Paul, 22. That gets us to 76. And Tim, feeling happy about the new home and everything going on in his life, 23 points for the Arsenal. Gets us to 77 points. 77 points probably puts you into third place or puts you right in the conversation for third. Yeah, now, in terms of goal difference... Uh, Paul, Clive has us on the fewest, plus four through this stretch. 17-4, 13 against. Paul has us on plus nine. 
16, 4, 7 against. Scott has us on plus 10, and Tim has us on plus 10, even with all the points we picked up. We're scraping a lot of points, fine. And I have us on plus 11. So you're talking about like low 70s points based on roughly what we're predicting. And goal difference is roughly around the, if you take Clive's negative Nelly out of, out of it, roughly around the 22, 23, plus 23, 72-ish points. That is, that is a good season. I mean, you will absolutely take that season. So that's where we have it for Arsenal. Now, the only downside, right? Normally, do the predictor trying, it gets really nervy. I think based on those point totals, I can pretty much guess how this is going to play out. But I found myself going through this and, and feeling a little more nervous as I was doing it. Let me just give you a little bit of what the group, what the um, the patrons did. The, the, the way this shakes out is that, um, here, let me do it this way. In terms of our our finishing position, um, the the patrons have us at eighty one percent to finish fourth. So I mean, an overwhelming eighty one percent, but seventeen percent to finish third, two percent fifth, zero percent sixth. So that's how it shook out there. The most common outcomes. You know, a lot of Arsenal wins, as you can imagine. Look, we're Arsenal fans. It is what it is. But I I do think as we've gone through this the results sort of check out. But it's still going to have to be a good run to get to those point totals. So let's do this. Let's take a brief pause. Then we will zip through the opposition. We'll talk about where that has the table finishing. And then maybe, maybe just touch on some of the landmines or the turning point type games where if it goes the other way, uh, it could be trouble. But before we do that, this podcast is uh, supported by... uh, This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Pardon me. So... Before I even start with this, I, I do want to say I am someone who has done therapy. Uh, I think it was one of the more rewarding things I've done in my life. It was something that I felt sort of not comfortable doing before I did it. That was stigmatized for me. And, you know, what really got me to do it was the fact that I was struggling with some things personally. And, like, someone made the point, like, all right, you you exercise because you know it's important. Your your physical health is important. And, you, you know, you try to watch what you eat. Maybe not as much as I should because, again, you know your physical health is important. And then you'll just let your psychological health go to pieces. And that arguably is, is the most important piece of the puzzle. And so I think one of the things that was also challenging for me is just like, I didn't, I didn't know if I felt comfortable sitting in the waiting room, going into a room, sitting across someone, you know, how would that feel? So BetterHelp is, is really an extraordinary organization, both in terms of the way they make access to, to care and affordability of care better. So BetterHelp um, will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. And it's important to stress, it is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise, some of which may not even be locally available in your area. Um, The service is available worldwide. And you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. So you can schedule weekly um, video or phone sessions. So you don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room and you don't have to be on video if you don't want to be. So they're committed to making the best therapeutic matches. You can change therapists if needed. You can start today, start living a happier life. Visit their website. You can read testimonials. There are lots of them there. Join over 2 million people. It's a lot of people who've taken charge of their mental health with the uh, help of an experienced professional. I know a lot of people need this right now. And I, I do think, you know, given just what's going on in the world and, and the challenges of social media and the challenges of the news and the challenges of what we've gone through with the pandemic and the isolation, I, I do think being able to have this come directly to you, be more affordable, be more accessible is great. So I, I am really proud of this. And uh, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash vision. It's betterhelp.com forward slash vision. 
Go there now, get the help, do the work, makes all the difference in the world. Betterhelp.com forward slash vision. Now, quickly, if you are feeling your best, you want the best talent for your business, well, you know who you need for that. That's Indeed. They are the absolute best because of the one place where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Only job site you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. You don't spend hours on multiple job sites. Time is money, as they say. Uh, You get one powerful hiring partner that does it all. One of my favorite features they have is Instant Match because as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description. You can invite them to apply. And you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Because that's the thing. If you're looking for a job, sometimes you don't know which to apply to. Well, with with Instant Match, indeed, you can invite people to apply to your job. So they say, oh, wow, yeah, that's a good fit for me. So really clever. Um, Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed. They deliver four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. So start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit. To upgrade your job, post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through April 30th. Go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire to claim your $75 job credit before April 30th. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire, need Indeed, Paul? Is that enough of that? It is. Damn it, Paul. Can you just, can you just do the thing? Indeed. Do the line. Indeed. Thank you. Oh, it's like pulling teeth around here. <laughs> to be fair, this is a terrible episode anyway. Um, okay, so... Let's do Chelsea because I think we can blow through this one personally. I am going to spoil all the drama and say, here's what Elliot has for Chelsea the rest of the season. And this is not a joke. Win, 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 win. Home to Brentford, away to Southampton, home to Palace, away to Leeds, home to West Ham, away to Everton, home to Wolves, away to United, home to Watford, home to Arsenal. Here's the thing. The hard games, if you can consider, like if West Ham is hard or if Palace is hard, or if Arsenal is hard, we think it is, those games are home. Okay? The, the the away games, I mean, they're bankers. Maybe not Southampton, depending on what you think, but like Leeds, Everton, um, the only hard game they have away, the only hard game left is Man United, and I just think they're going to beat Manchester United. I just do. So I have them taking all the points, literally all the points, and that puts them on uh, 84 points. Uh, pardon me, 89 points. Jesus. Yeah, 89 points. League. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but I think it's going to it's going to be a, a run that they will um The only problem look, with I'm, your assessment is they haven't told you which games they have to play Lukaku in and those are the <laughs> ones that drop points. Yeah, I mean it's fair. Look, I I just I don't know. I mean, I, I think I, I can't Here's the point. I can't figure the game. I mean, maybe they're going to drop points to to Arsenal at Chelsea but I can't change what I picked, which is us losing to them. And maybe they'll drop points away to United, but I think they're better than them. And all the rest of the games, are they going to drop points away to Everton, a bad Everton, or home to West Ham? I mean, maybe. Maybe, maybe. You never know where other competitions may come into play, but I I have them going on to to just take all the points. So yeah. that's it. They'll, now They'll drop a few points, but but not many. And yeah, Tim, where is a question? Tim has them with seven wins and three draws. Okay, so he has them taking... Uh, 24 points, which again, that's going to put them on 83. We're not getting them. We're not catching them based on me or Tim. Clive has them drawing four times and losing once. A little more interesting. I mean, that is 19 points. And that gets them to 78. Again, can we get there? Really, really difficult. And certainly we would have to beat them. So that comes to Paul and Scott. Uh, Scott, I will start with you. 
You sort of seem to see it my way. You have them with seven wins, three draws, no losses. The draws away to Southampton, home to Wolves, interestingly, and home to Arsenal. I look at this fixture list, and I just think it sets up for Chelsea to make third place really comfortable. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're a, you know a, a solid team, right? They they have some issues and they've got some you know weirdness kind of going around with them, where you know it's like who's going to be our owner and those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately that they're just I don't know. I mean, maybe their focus switches to the Champions League, or maybe there's you know those kinds of things, and um, they're kind of out of it, and maybe they don't have those kind of things. But you're right. It's like you look at their schedule, and it's like there's not really any matches that really scream automatic losses or, or really big you know ones where I'm I'm worried about. Um, and then I'm also kind of being um, selfish here and thinking. Um, if they could just take some points off of the people that you know are rivals, so it's like they play both Manchester United and West Ham, and if they could just you know take those points there, and that's just a little less pressure on Arsenal. I'm I'm happy with it. That's kind of where I think there. Yeah, I mean, Paul, you you also have seven wins and three draws, so again, not catching them, but. In your case, uh, you just flop that you have them beating Wolves at home and drawing away to United. I should mention Paul, Clive, and Tim all have them drawing away to United. Um, Clive has them losing home to Arsenal. Uh, Scott it's a long bus drawing. ride for Thomas Tuchel. I don't think he'll be on his be- at his best on the touchline having driven ha- all the way ridden, to Manchester. I was going to say Greyhound. I don't know. <clears throat> what is the, the Greyhound equivalent? In, is there a uh, megabus the, or something like that? Uh, yeah. The bus. The bus, okay, <laughs> on the bus. Uh, but but Paul, I mean, I the yeah. dreams of third place were dancing we're in my head when I saw it. the totals we came up with. But when you look at their list, I mean, their it, fixture is a there, dream. Is no, no play, yeah, away to Man United is their toughest game, a toughest big game if you can call that a big game. And away to Southampton, like Southampton could be problematic for them if they're on their day. And Chelsea are a bit passive, and they play Lukaku. You know, that, that could be an upset. But the others, they're going to walk them. Apart from um, us us visiting them, I think we'll give them a really good game and get our draw. Yeah. The only thing I will say is they play Southampton on Saturday, April 9th away between a visit from Madrid and a trip to Madrid. Um, they then have, I mean, they get a little bit lucky league-wise, but maybe unlucky uh, Cup-wise, they they have Crystal Palace in the FA Cup semifinal after the Madrid tie. They play us. I mean, we're unlucky, right? We don't get them right around the Madrid tie. But who knows? I mean, if they get past Madrid, which I wouldn't rule out, um, you know, if they get the Madrid that we saw for, you know, basically what, like uh, almost two hours against uh, PSG, I think they can get past them. And then some of these other fixtures may look a little a, a little trickier. Um, and they may have an FA Cup final on the horizon, which takes their their sights a little bit off the um, off the league. If they just feel safe in the fact that they've qualified for the Champions League, and the rest doesn't matter. So, always always hard to predict what will happen when there are other fixtures that may be scheduled in around that matter more. But safe to say, Chelsea look like they're coasting beyond us. Let's do Manchester United next because I think the good news is, in the same way we can probably rule out catching Chelsea, I think we can probably rule out United catching us. So I will start with Clive and Tim. Clive and Tim actually almost have the identical results here, but Tim has three wins, five draws, and a loss for United. Um, It is 
it is just one of those things where like that that is obviously not going to get it done for for United and that is what 15 20 points that puts them on well hang on no that's wrong sorry 9 plus 5 is still 14, 14. right yeah thank you that that's much better that puts them on 64 and i you know i don't think that gets gets anywhere close clive also has 3 wins uh 5 draws and a loss and again, that's going to get them to the same same number of points. So we don't need to uh, do Elliot is bad at math again. So that's helpful. Paul, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you here a bit. You equally hate Manchester United and think they're terrible. You have three wins, four draws, and two losses. The losses being everyone has them losing away to Liverpool. You also have them losing away to Palace. Um, I don't think Manchester United are particularly good. I think maybe there's a little homerism in how we've picked here, but these results don't get them close to the top four race. They just don't. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to me, and I I really think we all I insist to be, upon it, yeah. I only had them losing twice, which for this Man United, I don't think is unreasonable. Uh, but I have them with a bunch of draws because, like, their best way of playing is if the other team comes on to them, but they're united. Uh, so not every, you know, they've they got enough home games that people will go to Tra- Old Trafford, pay them a little bit of respect, sit back a little bit. I think they're going to struggle to get wins. And so I, I've just got a bunch of draws for them. <clears throat> and I don't feel bad about that. They, you know, they're going to play some crafty teams along the way. Um, and, uh, you know, I have them down for a few wins. Everton, Norwich, uh, Brentford. But uh, I think against good teams like your Brightons, your Chelsea's, your Arsenal's, your Leicester's, savvy, savvy teams who won't give away anything too easily. Those are the draws I gave them. I don't like. You're not going to shift me off that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I honestly, I, I just don't see them, Scott, as being all that good. You have two wins, four losses, and three draws. Um. Not a fan. Of, not not a fan of Manchester United. You have them losing away to Liverpool, away to Palace, home to Chelsea, and away to Arsenal. All of which I could see. Um, anything in particular that you want to say about why you just think Manchester United are no good? I mean, apparently I was feeling extra homery when I made these predictions. Um, I think that's kind of um, obvious here. I, I think there's a potential of them just quitting on uh, Ralph Ragnick and because it's like he's not here next year, or at least he's not going to be the manager next year. Um, they if they kind of don't really go on a, an amazing run um, early to get back into the top four race, they really won't have anything to play for. Um, and, you know, you kind of look at some of the players on this team and it's like, this has the full potential of downing tools and just giving up completely um, in the league. Um, you know, they might still have, you know, champions league stuff to, to play for, do those kinds of things. And so it's like the league might just take a total backseat. And I, I think there's a potential for a full collapse um, and that's what I'm, I'm hoping for because I think it would be hilarious. Yeah, I, I don't think it's out, out out of the running. I mean, the the reality is right. Like you've given them, you've you've given them some results that you know I I I think are a little harsh. But like I could see them losing away to Palace, home to Chelsea, away to Arsenal, away to Liverpool. Like none of that is that ridiculous. But I mean, you start to oh, and by the way, I have them. I mean, I'm I'm the. United Homer, actually. I have them winning five times, but losing three times and drawing once. Um, I just felt like their underlines have been okay, and and maybe they pull it together for some games. You know, I have them, you know, beating Everton, beating Norwich, beating Brentford, 
winning away to Brighton, who seemed to have really fallen off, beating Leicester at home. But even still, um, that only gets them to 16 points. You know, and 16 points gets them to, uh, what, what are we talking about? 66, right? So it's, you know, it's just one of those situations where I I, I think that's not going to be enough in the context of what we've said so far. Um, so it, it is the case that I think all of us have 64 to 66 points roughly for United. And in terms of goal difference, you know, they, they are, I mean, they are already behind, <clears throat> already four goals behind us. I don't know, Paul, I mean, do you feel... Do you feel pretty confident saying that United can't get... I mean, it's not yes. that they can't get there. I mean, to be fair, they are only one point behind Spurs with the same number of games played and only four points behind us, but with a, an extra game played. But I I look at these fixtures and they're going to need... They're going to need to do kind of what Spurs did when they went to City and get a surprising result. Like, they're going to have to win away to Liverpool or they're going to have to win away to Arsenal or, you know, beat Chelsea. And I, I don't see this United team getting that together. Yeah, they'd have to suddenly come to life and ourselves and the Spuds would have to kind of do a bit of a collapse. Like we, we just, collapse is probably the wrong word. We'd have to not be very good for Manu Man to creep through or, or maybe they stay close enough and people get nervous at the end and they sneak in that way kind of thing. But I just don't think they're the one you watch. You, you can make an argument for for any of these teams but you can also get scared of your shadow they're not we should be looking up to chase Chelsea we won't get there but it's a it's a like getting close and kind of uh riding their 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 tail hang on is that a thing um slipstreaming Chelsea and kind of looking up that way is the way to go I you know if, if we're really if we really become a mad team with a a poor run-in then yeah, man, you have a decent shot at that point if the Spuds do the same thing. But it's all about us versus the Spuds. I don't think Manu really comes into it because um, those two teams are going to push each other on, us and the Spuds. And uh, I don't think... I think that's going to give the two teams enough focus that uh, they're not going to create the gap for Manu to get in. Yeah. All right. Well, now it's time to get to what I would call uh, squeaky bum time. Mm. And that is what Spurs are going to do. Mm. And mm. Scott, I'm just going to say it. You're a Spurs Maybe fan. I, I, went, I, went full, I went full cope, right? I think with my predictions, though. But I am a Spurs <laughs> fan, as it's well known. No, no. I mean, this is crazy. So I'm you have them going. At, I'm just looking at his. He tried to overcorrect here. He's to, he's trying to win this <laughs> all back. What are you doing? No, because because I you you look at the uh, look at the first spreadsheet I sent you for this one. That is the yeah. correct one. Okay. The first spreadsheet that I sent you, and you will see that he's gone full Spurs fan, Jeez. like full full Spurs fan. Um, I. I I don't know what to make of this, Scott. I, I, I'll save Clive and Tim for later. You've gotten six wins and three draws for Spurs. No, no, I've gone. <laughs> yeah, you got to look at the first spreadsheet that I gave you. <laughs> I, I, we're bouncing back to the first spreadsheet. Okay. You've gotten six wins and three draws. And, and I, I cross-reference that because you, you have Spurs beating Arsenal 2-0. So this is the correct one. Special. And... Yeah, and so you have. Jesus. Uh, no let me go through it for this you. guy from himself, oh, honestly. Yeah, a home home draw to Newcastle, then a away win at Villa, a, a home win to Brighton, an away win at Brentford, a home draw to Leicester, an away draw to Liverpool, Jesus. a home win versus Burnley, 
a home win, a, a, an away win in Norwich, and you do have them beating us 2-0, if I am not mistaken. Um, uh, that, that I see having six wins and three draws. That's 21 points. And that puts them on 72. That's scary, and I don't like it, and I want you to explain it. Yeehaw. <laughs> well, I think that there's an error in here. Um, but like, like I always say, a team with Sun and Kane is dangerous, and that could that could happen. Um, I, I hope it doesn't. Um, and I think if I if we switch back to the the second one, that is hopefully the correct one, because I think what happened here is this this looks to have transposed my Chelsea predictions to also maybe down to this one. Oh, or oh, like oh, that. oh, I don't okay. know. So it is. The, the, thank God. So you, so I can go back to the other spreadsheet, the the yeah, one that the, has you hating Spurs. Yeah, well, let's go with that one, right? Or I, I think I did a little extra coping, and I think, what did I say here? Uh, seven draws um, and two wins was this kind was of the one after you flung your uh, Yes, okay, I, I apologize. Yeah, this, so this is my fault. My fault. All right, we're not going to edit this. We're just going to struggle through this. We're on it's all right. No, it's all right to just to, to make fun of me. It's okay. Okay, good. No. So, so what you actually have is way weirder, if you ask me. You have... You have six draws, a loss, and two wins. Um, losing away to Liverpool, which everybody has. You have draws, home to Newcastle, away to Villa, home to Brighton, away to Brentford, home to Leicester, home to Arsenal. Their only wins of this run are home to Burnley and away to Norwich. Norwich. So you've given them uh, six draws, which is six points, two wins, which is six points. That's 12 points. That puts them on 63, and I think we can absolutely cope with them. So I will now re- refrain from calling you a Spurs homer and ask you, why do you think Spurs are this bad? Do you really think I mean, this could happen this way? I mean, I mean, it's, everything's possible, right? I mean, I don't think it's likely, but it's possible. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just, I mean, you kind of look at some of these. There's no easy matches, right? I mean, we just talked I mean, about how Newcastle about checking out any of the probabilities and stats related to these kinds of games. I hear there's a whole community of people who work on that Those, kind of thing. The, the games aren't played on spreadsheets. They're played in, you know, on the field, right? and, you know, Paul, right? Yeah. <laughs> on the grass. Yeah. Um, but no, I think we, we talked about this earlier, right? There's no easy matches. And I think that some of these ones that they have, especially early, like those they're not the greatest matchups for him, right? Um, I could see Newcastle, which is kind of developed into a, a pretty strong defensive team um, under Eddie Howe, really giving them trouble. Um, same with Villa. I mean, Villa, I think, you know, maybe Gerard will bring back some of his hate for Tottenham and be able to get his team to, to go do that. Um, I think, you know, Brighton, even though they're kind of checked out and on the beach and just have kind of done that, I think they can get up to, you know, have a something against Spurs and, you know, give them trouble. Um, and then Brentford, you know, the, the London Derby, you know, another strong defensive team that'll sit back and I think give them trouble. So I, I kind of look at these teams and think these are teams that are going to be bad matchups for, for them, right? And I think that there's that potential of draws happening. And I, you know, they might not be able to play their particular style that has gotten them to, you know, the, the number of wins that they've had this year. So um, I think they're due for a bunch of draws and disappointment. Well, 12, 12, points, 12 points puts them on 63. Now, here's the funny thing. A couple of weeks ago, I was saying, look, I think if we can get to 66, which is imminently doable, we'll get I said 69 was my, my goal. Yeah. And, and like, based on your predictions, 66 would get us there. As we go through this, though, I'm realizing that that's I was probably generous to us, and and so let's get to Paul. I'll tell you, Clive and Tim, in a minute. Paul, you have as the Spurs homer five wins for them and three draws, so yeah. 18 points, which would put them on 69, nice, and a loss to Liverpool. Um, 
I, I don't think I realized it, but apart from hosting us and away to Liverpool, mm-hmm. setting aside Scott's incorrect point that there are no easy games in the Premier League, they're all easy. Um, this isn't this isn't a particularly intimidating run. No, no, they've got a good run in, easier than ours. Um, I do take Scott's point that the matchups aren't necessarily great for them. Like home to Brighton, probably suits relatively Brighton. Uh, as a style, um, I, I I think there's what you want is kind of meh games where they stro- where it's low scoring and they get a bunch of draws, but like there's just a really good opportunity for them to get. What do I have? Five wins away to Norwich, uh, home to Leicester. I mean that could be a cagey affair and hopefully ends up in a draw. Home to Brighton, the same there, but I have it as a win. Away to Aston Villa, I think Villa are going to try and play football. Why not? They're they're, you know, Gerard's still trying to make a name for himself. So I think that's going to allow Spurs to get their their uh, uh, goal on the counter. Home to Newcastle. I mean, I, I think I, I've been pretty optimistic about Arsenal results. Very optimistic about Arsenal results, and I kind of matched that in terms of who. You know, real competition, Spurs. I gave them the benefit of benefit of the doubt. I only have them losing to Liverpool away. They'll probably lose one of those other games and maybe draw one of those other games. But the same is true for us. This is this is if they play well. They're very solid at the back now and in midfield, and they have two, three dangerous lads up front. Three at this point now with uh, Kulisevsky. So. Yeah, I think they're going to be good and dangerous and they're going to get results. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but here's the interesting thing, right? <clears throat> if you look, so Clive has them getting four wins, four draws, which is uh, uh, 16 points. That would put them on 67. Tim has them getting five, uh, six wins, one draw, two losses, one of which is home to Arsenal, critically. But uh, six wins and one draw would get them 19 points, put them on 70. I have them with six wins and two draws to get to 71. Their only loss being away to Liverpool. But even on 71, again, I look at what we've predicted for Arsenal, who are currently on, what are we on, 54? Okay. And I have us finishing on 75, Tim, 77, Clive, 73, Paul, 76, and Scott, 72. So even if you take my rosiest outlook for Spurs, as I guess the resident Spurs fan here, and you take uh, Paul's, uh, Scott's most negative outlook for Arsenal, which is to be expected, you still get us finishing above them. I, I guess what I would say, though, Scott, Paul, Clive, and I have a draw at Spurs. Yep. Tim has a win at Spurs. And so if you flop, you know, flip those and give Spurs a win there and take three points off our totals and add three to theirs, and again, that's not going to happen, obviously. That will never happen, and, and why would we even be worried about it happening? But if it did, which it won't, um, now, Scott, it, it does get a little nervy. Now, the interesting thing is but, if you look at the way our fixtures— It wouldn't be taking a point off us and three to them. It would be 
taking a right. Sorry, we would be adding two I'm to adding them. Adding two to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my mistake. I look. I was told there'd be no math on this mm-hmm. entirely math based episode. Um, if you, but again, if if you look at our run, and you look at what what you predicted, for example, in, in the games around that game, then I think you do have a situation where away to Newcastle and home to Everton matter. And I'm sort of curious, Scott, like having heard heard this and gone through it and looked at projections and seen that like we we all have a somewhere between maybe as many as like five or six points up on Spurs, but maybe as close as like one or two. Do, I mean, can you really see the Derby not mattering? I mean, do you think that it could be an irrelevance even if we lose it? I mean, like, like everything's possible, but I, I mean, we know kind of how this all plays out, right? And this is going to be a huge match. It's going to be the most stressful match of the entire season. Um, it's going to be absolutely horrible to watch, and it's going to be just miserable. I mean, I think that's my prediction. It's it's, it's just going to be <laughs> 90 minutes of misery um, where I think I'm going to feel like I'm going to vomit from nerves the entire time. I, it, there's there's no way that it's not going to be matched. I mean, or not matter. I mean, I think that's just the way the fate is going to have it, right? Like, I mean, as, as much as I would love for them to just go on an absolute horrid, draw-filled run, I mean, that's kind of my coping, but I do think that there's a good chance that they they get a good amount of points for this, and it's going to be incredibly close. Um, I was hopeful that you know some of their matches, you know, over the last month, that they would drop some points and be able to give Arsenal some breathing room and you know make it so mid sixties was you know, a a comfortable for getting into fourth place. That's kind of where I was shooting for, you know, 69 points. At that point, I thought that that was 90% enough to get into the top four. Um, Now I look at it and 69 points is about 55% for getting in the top four. Like that is just not really certain at this point. Um, It really is getting into the low 70s. I think you have to get to, you know, 72 points gets you to 92% to get in the top four right now for my predictions or my simulation. And yeah, it's just, I, I, really cannot see a path where that match is anything but misery and still full of stuff. But I think that match is probably going to be the decider, right? So it's like the stuff after that probably won't have nearly as much weight, but that's going to be the the highest leverage match of the season for Arsenal. Yeah. Paul? Yeah, well, you can sense from Scott the wrench he has with his two teams going up against each other there is vomiting. I love that we're, I love that we're playing into this bit. I just, yeah. I just looked up how much is 30 pieces of silver worth in today's money. It's $197.40, which doesn't seem that much, Scott, for what you've gone through. Um, I, I would love this game not to be important, but I think it will be important, and I think it'll go pretty much down to the wire. We'd be lucky if the last game of the season isn't important there's almost a gravitational attraction of teams that, you know, you, you'll just be at a point where you begin to break away in the, in the race in. And because of that, you stupidly give up some points. These guys are going to go neck and neck to the last game of the season. Just buckle up. That's the way it's going to be. Don't lose at White Hart Lane, Shite Hart Lane, Toilet Bowl. And uh, kind of if we can keep our nose ahead, yeah, but I, I think the Spurs game will be highly consequential. Don't lose. Uh, but if we do lose, it just means probably the last day will be truly neck and neck. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, Scott, the interesting thing though is it seems, and here's the funny thing about predictions. They're always all wrong, right? Like Chelsea's <laughs> going to wind up losing all their games and we'll win all our games and we'll finish second or, you know, I mean that that's the one way it could go, could go a different way, but I'm not going to explain that one. Um, but like, we all seem to roughly have a plus 20 ish goal difference and 70 ish points you know, 71, 72, 74, like this is a good season. If that's what happens, setting aside what the other teams do, that's a tremendous improvement and step in the right direction. There's, there's no other way to view it. And I said before, a couple weeks back, if we don't finish top four, it will be a disappointment. It will have been a, a disappointment based on the position we'd gotten ourselves into. But I caveated it by saying, but you know, if we continue to play well and we look like we look and someone catches us, then fair play. As I look at it now, if we get 70, 71, 72 points, 20 goal difference, and somehow it's not top four, I still think this looks like a really, really good step in the right direction. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not uh, one that wants to change my initial goals for the start of the season. I mean, I wanted to see um, top six. I wanted to see, or at least top six. I mean, I would have gladly taken, obviously, more than that. Um, but I also wanted to see performances that pointed towards us being able to be true Champions League challengers. And for the early part of the season, you know, there were some questions. But really, over the last three months, or almost four months now, there's been really, really tangible progress in this team. The numbers have not been fluky. The team is putting together really good performances. So even if we kind of slip up, and the performances maybe go back just down slightly a level. If we are in the the high 60s, low 70s, and we miss out on top four because some other team went on an amazing run, I'm not gonna. I'm not mad at the team. I mean, they exceeded my expectations from the start of the season, um, and it's not going to be a collapse. I'm not going to say that you know the team blew it or anything like that. I think that's just my expectation. So it's like if we continue to play like we do we can't control everything right there if a team goes on a you know wins out yeah that that sucks but it's like that's that's football sometimes right and it's, it happens um but i think that if we continue to play our style with the performances you know maybe they take a you know a slight dip because we have a, a hard run in but if we continue to play at something close to what we've played over the last three months i i, I don't think that we can really complain and be mad and i think that we will come out top four more often than not i still have us about 70 percent for the top four and that feels right given our position right we that four point gap right now that we have with them is nice and it's something that will help us and i i yeah it's gonna be it's probably gonna be close but it's still gonna be where i i'm I'm probably gonna come away from this season thinking it was a success and there was progress even if you know it kind of slips up at the end and it's funny, right? Because we feel like, oh, well, it's all downhill from here. We're on the run in. But then you look at like 10 games. And in a 38 game season, like that's more than 25% of the season, right? Um, yeah. So it it's not just the last little bit. <laughs> this isn't, we're not like three games left and we just have to get there. Um, so there's still a lot here. And, you know, look, if we play the last 10 games similar to how we played the first 10 games, not great. If we play the last 10 games the way we played the previous 10 games, we're going to look really good and we're all going to feel great. And I anticipate that that's what will happen. And I think just restating what we've all picked between all of us on the pod who know the future basically perfectly, I think you'd say, um, we have us finishing somewhere between five different futures, 71 to 75 ish points, you know, with Chelsea, a pretty good bit ahead. 
Spurs maybe somewhere between four and eight points behind, and United behind that. And I think that's a reflection, honestly, of the caliber and quality of these teams over the course of this season. I think that would fairly reflect the season we've seen. So we just have to hope that happens. But I will say, based on my predictions, the Derby looks like it's going to matter, and that's scary. Um, but, you know, if if we get Scott's predictions, then it won't. And so we'll root for that. I, I think we'll leave it there. This is an episode that is always blockbuster because you get to hear me reading off a spreadsheet. You get to hear numbers. You get to hear bad math, you know, math uh, being done in real time. You get to hear terrible predictions being made. But the what makes it even better is we will take these spreadsheets once I have collated them uh, into the proper one. And I apologize for bouncing back and forth between the the, the two. And we'll put it up on the website so you can keep track of it, see what the patrons picked, uh, which we will update uh, by Saturday. Obviously, you got to get the picks in in time for the next game. And then, um, yeah, and then we'll, we'll just track it and see how it goes. But it, it definitely made me feel like these teams, especially Spurs and Arsenal, could get hot on the run. And obviously, Chelsea will win every game I pick because I'm an idiot. But that, that's good. I think we can leave it there. Paul, you feeling all right about it? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I look. There's a. I still think there's a gravitational attraction. It, it's these two teams will narrow towards each other. Last two, three games will be critical. Um, don't lose the derby. Um, but yeah, I feel good about it. We're we're averaging two points a game since pretty much the start of the season. Season. Uh, you know, if you ignore the first three games. Or so we're definitely doing two points a game. We've got ten games to go here. That's twenty points. Seventy-four uh, points. That'll do yeah. it. It might be slightly harder fixture list than before, but like something around twenty points. So I think seventy-two is eminently doable here. Seventy-two, seventy-three, maybe seventy-four. Yeah. The only thing I'd add is that unlike you know maybe like Chelsea's fixtures or or even Spurs to some extent, there weren't a lot of games as I was picking ours where I was like, oh well, that's that's an easy one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot sure. of these, oh, West Ham away and, you know, yep. Palace away. And, you know, those are those are games that, like, if I said they're going to go the other direction, it wouldn't shock you. So we'll just have to see. And it starts on Monday, and we need to get the result. Um, now, we will have a podcast out on Monday. I hope you'll listen to it. Um, there'll be more to come. And, and we have a lot of really exciting announcements to make over the next week or so. So I think you'll be uh, happy to hear that. I do want to say thank you for being here. It means the world to us, especially if you made it to this point in this pod in particular. Um, I'm just flown back from my parents' house in Florida, and I seem to have brought something back to the cold with me, so that's fun. But we will um, we will probably not have much between now and Monday, but we'll have a pod Monday. We'll have a pod Monday evening after the game. We'll have a pod Tuesday, and it'll all kick off after that. If you missed it, Darwin Nunez and Cody Gakpo scouting videos up on the Patreon, and I think you'd be surprised at some of the conclusions we draw there as well. So that'll do it. Scott's on Twitter. Don't underscore that. Don't scrap this. Scott? Thank you. Really? You can do it that way? Yeah, that's, what, that's what I do. That's what I, oh, okay, my bad. The E-Hell's only on the intro. Got it. Paul's on Twitter. Pause my pants. Thanks, pause. Woohoo! That's the one I was expecting. My name is Alex Smithy. Bachman on Twitter. Yankee Gunner. We love you, everybody. Stay with us. We'll talk to you after Arsenal 10, pal. Snow. No.